Well, despite the fact that I was just asleep, you know what time it is, you know what day it is, you know what we're doing here. I'm waking up, that's what's happening. Yeah. I just accidentally fell asleep after reading to Ben. That was not my intention, and I'm definitely feeling a little hazy from that. Uh, but the good news is I am awake. Just finishing my previous beer. I'm not going to finish it, but I'm going to have one more sip. Mm. Yeah, if you're keeping score, that's a nice cold beer from left field. But don't you worry about that. It's a tasty beer that does what it says on the can. We are drinking a different left field beer tonight, though. Hang on. <coughs> Pardon me. Mmm. I blame it all the all on the being asleep thing. I was reading to Ben, and then uh, we finished up, and for some reason that I can't begin to uh, entertain, I rolled over uh, after he left and apparently fell more or less immediately asleep. Apparently I'm tired. It was a bit of a day. But here I am. Uh, it is 9.03, and it is dark and nighttime out there in Toronto, but we are hanging out. We're going to drink some beer. Hey, before we do, two little corrections, just to prove that I do actually listen back to these podcasts. I'm not just howling into the void. Two things when I listened to last week's episode caught my mind. Two corrections, as it were. One of them very inconsequential and of no real value, but worth pointing out. The other, um, I would say very important, although nobody noticed, so maybe it was nothing. Um, the first inconsequential one. At some point we were talking about candy and somebody mentioned um, coffee crisp. And in my brain, I thought crispy crunch. Those are two different confections, very different confections. In fact, Coffee Crisp, of course, the wafer uh, chocolate bar covered in uh, chocolate. Crispy Crunch was what I was describing wrongly. I don't even know what's in there, but it's that sugary one that creates the stalactites and stalagmites that rip up the inside of your mouth. Um, let's keep those straight, friends. Coffee Crisp, Crispy Crunch. Hopefully you got a bit of both uh, last night at Halloween. Hopefully, I looked through my kids' candy. I didn't make a note. I did see some coffee crisp. Don't know about the crispy crunch. I do like that chocolate bar, though. Tasty little confection. So anyway, we got that sorted out. The other one uh, that occurred to me, again, nobody pointed this out, but um, in the way I was talking, uh, this idea sort of got muddied uh, when I was talking about um, uh, um, uh, pattern recognition. And when you smell certain things and it makes you think of other things. And I was talking about how, um, you know, if you smell uh, the spices from a pumpkin pie, your brain will automatically insert the pumpkin smell, even if it's not there. And similarly, if you smell cooked pumpkin, even if the spices aren't there, your head might insert them. And I mentioned that if you are um, a, a, a white Westerner, um, and the implication there was like myself, this would happen. I wasn't trying to suggest that uh, white Westerners are the only people who eat pumpkin pie. That would be foolish to suggest. Um, but it did end up sounding that way. All I was trying to do was speak from my own experience as a white Westerner for whom that pattern recognition is 
prevalent. Uh, obviously, a variety of uh, different people groups, uh, both uh, North American and um, across the world, eat cooked pumpkins and may have their own patterns they recognize, um, similar or different. Um, but anyway, just a quick little note. I'm aware white people aren't the only people who eat pumpkin pie. It didn't sound that way when I listened back to the episode, but that is the case. I was just speaking from my own point of view. Now that we've cleared that all up, hey guys, let's drink some beer. I am shaking off this sleep now. I'm feeling a little bit more awake. I'm going to have one more sip of this other beer, ice cold. It's not ice cold anymore. It's sort of um, cold, but uh, it's still pretty tasty. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, and it's even sitting on a left field brewery beer mat. I'm really doing the whole thing. Um, I'm not using a left field brewery glass. This is obviously a red racer glass. I don't think I have a left field glass and it's too late anyway, because we're live on a Monday night on the Toronto Bear podcast with me, Chris Schreier, your host. Did I say that already? doesn't hurt to say it twice. It's like doing a station uh, check when you're on, uh, on a, a radio station. By law, you have to do it, I think, hourly. So you get, uh, you, you know, uh, this is uh, Chris Schreier and you're listening to CKL4. Well, it's never that. It's always four letters, but fun fact, uh, station letters in Canada always start with C, uh, CFRB, CKCO, stuff like that. Uh, in the U.S., they, it starts with one of two things almost exclusively, and there are exceptions, but we don't need to get into the exceptions. Suffice to say that for the most part, the eastern side of the country, it starts with a W. Think uh, WUTV out of Buffalo. And if it's on the uh, West Coast, it starts with a K. Uh, think like K-Rocks out of uh, L.A. I think K-Rocks is out of L.A. Anyway, uh, it starts with a K for the most part. It's the West Coast of the U.S. If it starts with a W for the most part. It's the East. I say coast. It's not coast. It's, it's half. Eastern, Western half. And then if it's a C, it's Canada. Uh, there are others. They're very much less used. But that's a quick little way to know where the uh, station you're listening to is from. Again, there are exceptions, but uh, that's a pretty safe rule. All of that's neither here nor there and has nothing to do with what we're about to drink, which is this. Oh, it's very bright, uh, depending on which camera you're looking at. It looks great on Instagram. Hard to see on YouTube. This is Sunlight Park. Uh, from Left Field Brewery. Now, you might be looking at this thing, Sunlight Park, in that big old glass bottle, if you're listening to the podcast, it's in a 650ml bottle with a lid or cap, as we call it. Uh, you might be thinking, now, hang on a titch. I've had that beer before. Oh, hey, Kevin, this will be appropriate for you. Uh, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I've had that beer before, but it didn't come in that big old bottle. Where did you get a big old bottle of Sunlight Park? And I will tell you, I got it at the brewery. But the key here, this Sunlight Park grapefruit saison, it came out of a fooder. Yeah, it's you can consider it like a barrel-aged beer now. Um, this isn't just the standard run-of-the-mill Sunlight Park. No, no. It spent some time on some wood with some bugs. So uh, that's what we're having tonight. I'm going to crack this open, and I do, need, uh, I do need a church key to do this. You ready? Do you hear that? I'm intentionally making a mess of, of linking it up, but you, you hear it. It's a bottle. That's an attractive-looking uh, lid opening there with the requisite amount of mist. 
pour this for the kids at home watching on their on their YouTubes and their Instagrams and their whatever else's. Oh yeah, that's something right there. What do we got? Aside from a slightly dirty glass, um, sort of hazy uh, yellow, very active carbonation, hyperactive carbonation, you might even say. Sort of a loose, soapy-looking head. Mm. Okay, now, shaking off the cobwebs. Actually, you know what? I need one more sip of this other beer. We'll just do it really quick. No one will notice. Don't worry. I'm just going to have it right here. Mmm. That helped. That helped. Now, Sunlight Park. Well, we already know this is a grapefruit saison. There are going to be some things that should be self-evident. Let's see what we see. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, right away, very clearly grapefruit. Very white grapefruity, in fact. And, like, pith, juice, everything. It smells like grapefruits. I get some yeast character. A little hard to pin down. Um, it's a Saison yeast, but there's something else going on. Now, I, I'm also aware that I know what's happening a little bit, so I'm looking for things. Um, but I would say this is very clearly not just a straight-up Saison. It's interesting. Um, there's so much floral, citrusy, perfumey qualities to it. Um, just thinking about the malt bill, I'm wondering. I'm assuming this is a very basic, like this might just be like Pilsner malt. Uh, I, I definitely pick up um, some very clear sort of cereal graininess to it. Um, just wondering if there's something a little extra in there. It doesn't look like it visually. It's quite yellow. I'm not convinced it's just Pilsner malt, um, which would be pretty normal for a Saison like that, at least in this color range. Certainly when I used to make Saisons, I would tend to make them on the uh, the more amber to brown side, but that's personal preference. Um, could be some wheat in here. Might be getting some wheat. That would make a lot of sense. Trying to think if there's any rye. I'm not getting it on the nose. One of the things, though, is I'm getting so much grapefruit and, to a lesser extent, uh, yeast characteristics, so it's a little hard to pick. Uh, anyway, I'm going to taste it, see what we see. I know what I'm going to see. It's going to taste like grapefruits. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm, 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 I need another sip. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Hmm. hmm. Mm. This is really good. <laughs> this is one of those ones where I'm like, um, it's a good beer, buy it. It's at the brewery right now. Go home. I'm going to go to bed and drink beer. Um, this is really nice. It's not as grapefruity as I was expecting it to be. Um, Certainly on the on the aroma, it's very citrusy. It's there on the palate, but there's way more interesting things happening on the palate than just the grapefruit. The grapefruit actually, it's there, but it's not nearly as prevalent. This is a this is a saison. 
with a ton of interesting yeast characteristics. And it's actually the grapefruit really just kind of hits on the end. Um, and again, very floral, perfumey, grapefruity quality. Um, almost like the smell of a grapefruit grove. Although I dare say I've never... Um, well, that's actually not true. I have been where they grow grapefruits, but I don't have a very specific memory of that. But there's something about that idea of um, grapefruit trees in flower. So you're getting floral aspects, but you're getting this big citrus quality. Um, it's also a little earthy, if I'm honest with you. I'm wondering if that's the hop kicking in. But most of what you taste is big saison yeast. Mmm. Yeah, it's a super spicy, uh, again, spicy, uh, um, spice covered spicy, not picante. It's not hot sauce. Uh, we're not doing a hot sauce tonight. Tons and tons of like yeasty. Uh, uh, I am still waking up. Um, it's not phenolic. It's yeasty esters. Um, my brain's kind of moving a little slower than my palate and my nose right now. Uh, which are totally hitting um, a bit of clove, but much more white pepper, um, but not in a hot way, in a in a very peppery kind of way. It does make me wonder if maybe there is rye in there. It's so interesting because as I raise it to my my mouth, you get so much grapefruit in the air. But then when you drink it, yeah, the grapefruit just comes in at the very end. Otherwise, it is a slightly malty, very yeast-driven, spicy saison. Now, it's interesting. It's, it's, uh, it's aged in the fooder, which you would imagine means that there's some sort of bugs in it. That's one of the things, is those, those wooden vessels. The fooder, if you've forgotten, is, is a fermenting vessel, but it's wooden. It's not steel. Um, and so while you can clean it out... You can, in theory, sterilize them, but nobody really does. The point is the wood takes in um, yeast and, and bacteria. And then from batch to batch, that influence happens to the beer. Um, it's interesting. I'm looking, you know what there is? Um, the brett that hits it, I'm, I'm assuming there is bretanomyces in here. Um, you almost get a little... Uh, it's like cherry sweet tarts. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's um, brightly acidic, but quite dry. Um, it's not tart. Sometimes you can get tartness out of that, but it's not, it's not tart. You can get tart cherry out of Brett sometimes, too. But this one's drier than that. That's what I'm thinking, like a, a cherry sweet tart. Um, acidic but with a very dry, almost minerally kind of quality to it. Um, it's interesting because there's, there's not a lot of what we would consider classic funk to it. Some of that earthy quality that I was um, throwing on a hop could be a bit of sort of barnyardy funk, perhaps. But it's not... Um, I mean, I've had Brett beers that they talk about horse blanket. Um, they really show that off. This one doesn't do that. It's, it's, it's definitely not uh, that. Um, 
Yeah. Spices from the yeast, for sure. Nice bit of multi sweetness. Again, I, I think wheat for sure and maybe rye, but I, I would be very surprised if there wasn't wheat in there. And uh, and then, yeah, cherry sweet tarts. And then the finish is this very bright, fresh, floral, perfumey grapefruit quality. So, again, not juicy, um, especially when I sit on the nose, it smells like white grapefruit. It does. But typically to my mouth, when I say that, what it means is the, the grapefruit hits quite sour, but very bitter. Um, and this isn't particularly bitter, but pink grapefruit is, um, it's, it's quite different. I mean, they're both grapefruits, so they're quite similar, but comparing white to pink grapefruit, there's no doubt which one you're having. Pink grapefruit tends to be a bit sweeter. It's still quite sour and quite bitter. Like that's the nature of grapefruit. It's a very confusing flavor to, uh, to most people's palates. Pink grapefruit tends to also have a certain sweetness to it um, that white grapefruit doesn't. White grapefruit is quite bitter and quite sour. Um, pink grapefruit's a little bit more well-rounded, um, a little more candy-like, in fact, is the way to think of it. Um, this drinks like the white grapefruit, but not as aggressively uh, bitter or sour. Um, it's, it's much more floral in its, in its approach. Perfumey um, is the word I would use. It's quite nice. So grapefruity on the nose. But again, all Saison with a grapefruity finish, which now speaking from experience, because Sunlight Park is not um, an unknown entity to me. It's a, it's a beer I've had a number of times. It's um, quite a bit more grapefruity than this typically. Sorry, it typically is more grapefruity than this is presenting. Um, I suspect, I don't know how long it's spent in the food or I can probably look it up. I probably will in a minute. Um, but, uh, a lot of that citrus quality is dropped off in the aging process. So that's one of the things it would have, it will have been, you know, brewed in the normal way. And then it would have, I'm assuming been transferred to a primary fermenter where it would be primarily fermented, but then it's transferred in secondary fermentation to the fooder, which is again, the wooden one. Um, I'm assuming that's what's happened here. I'm not sure, but that's, that's pretty normal. Um, it's improbable that it would have gone straight into the fooder. Um, they're normally used as more of like a finishing thing. And then it spends some amount of time in there. Um, those bugs that, that act, depending on what's in there, some can be very uh, aggressive, but for the most part, you want to give it some time. And so we're talking weeks, like four, six, eight weeks, could be more, could be 12. Um, that's like three months. Um, I'm not sure how long it's spent in that fooder. Um, it certainly doesn't show a ton of wood characteristic now that I think about it. That said, the fooder could... I don't think it's pitch lined. I think it's um, pitch line means it's like sealed on the inside. Um, it's still got wood character, but it's a very different thing. Um, yeah, I don't get a ton of oak off of this. Mm. I say oak. I assume it's oak. It's wood. I don't know. Maybe a little now that I think about it, but I also could be tricking myself again. Human brain is a tricky old thing. The instant you start thinking something is there, it's probably there. It's a little bit like when you think, do I have to go to the bathroom? And maybe you didn't, but now that you've thought it, you probably do. Uh, your brain's funny that way. 
all this to say, this is delightful. Oh, incidentally, uh, quite dry. Um, like, like it's not quite bitingly dry, but it's very dry. I would be surprised if there's much residual sugar left in this. Uh, so in that we, we, we use gravity or Play-Doh to measure how much sugar is in the solution at the beginning, the specific gravity, and then the finishing gravity or the, the original gravity and the finishing gravity. Um, and uh, so like 1.000 in, in gravity is water. Uh, there's no sugar there. Um, Saisons can get pretty close to that because the yeast can eat most of what's in there, especially when you put it into something like a fooder where not only are you working with um, like a Saccharomyces yeast, which is a Saison yeast or, or any brewing yeast really, but now you've also introduced um, like Brettanomyces or Pediococcus or something like that. Um, those are different bugs that can actually eat sugars that um, standard yeast can't. Uh, and with Brett, you can get beers below zero um, because alcohol is lighter. It gets a little, you're getting a little sciency now here. Um, but yeah, you can get, you can get ones or even like 0.9 and change. Um, I don't think maybe this is quite there, but it's probably pretty close to a one. It's quite dry. Um, again, I was saying it had like a very hyperactive uh, carbonation, even looking at it now. It's that there are a ton of bubbles and they're really booking it to get out. That means there's a lot of gas captured in here. And when we release the pressure, obviously, it's all wanting to get out. It has a very active carbonation. But what's interesting is on the palate, it's not super prickly. Um, you, you get it. It's fizzy. But sometimes those beers can be very like they kind of foam in your mouth. Um, this isn't doing that, which is nice as far as I'm concerned. Some people like that. It's not necessarily my jam. This one's about where I like it. And yeah, that finish, it's so interesting because it's very citrusy on the finish, but um, without being tart, it's quite dry. Um, there's, there's no tartness to finish it. It's, it's very interesting. It's almost a little um, uh, oily, like, like, uh, like grapefruit peely on the finish, but only slightly, very subtle. It's nice. It is a fantastic, um, really interesting interpretation of the beer. It's interesting. I'm just looking at the label here now. It's only 4.3%. For some reason, I thought it was higher than that. Um, it certainly doesn't drink like it. I'm just looking at the label now. The, la the label's pretty minimal. Oh, okay. So it does have... Um... Oh, interesting. It does have ingredients, and I haven't read this yet till just now. This is quite hard to read for my old man eyes in this lighting because it's um, yellow print on an off-white label. But it does say ingredients, uh, water, uh, malted barley, wheat malt, bingo, hops, grapefruit zest, old world Saison blend yeast. That's probably from escarpment, which is a mix of a Saccharomyces yeast and a Brettanomyces strain. And then uh, it says Berliner Brett. I'm going to guess that that's what's in the fooder. Um, or at least the main thing that that fooder um, is infected with. Infected sounds bad, but in this case, it's exactly what you want. Inoculated with sounds a little bit more intentional. So it's, it's what it's inoculated with. Um, that's interesting. That means that there's probably at least two or maybe three different strains of Brettanomyces in here. Um, and again, that idea that I'm getting some uh, uh, cherry sweet tarts makes a lot of sense. But again, it's not super funky. Um, Brett is the thing that gives us 
barnyard leading to horse blanket going into horse sweat. If you get bad breath, like breath that you didn't mean to put in there, sometimes it can actually smell. They call it fecal. That means it smells like poop. Um, this doesn't obviously have any of that. So don't worry there. Um, that's actually more common in winemaking, believe it or not. Uh, you get fecal tastes to your wine. Not okay, guys. That's not what we're looking for. This one is... A bit of cherry, I think, is the, the main impact of the bread. And again, some of that earthy quality that I was uh, I was giving to the hops might be um, might be the bread. Could be kind of an earthy barnyardy kind of thing going on. Um, the other thing worth mentioning: there's no mention of rye in there. Rye not uncommon in uh, in a saison. It gives a spicy quality, um, but what that means is all of that spiciness that's that's coming from the yeast. And uh, I'm actually not um, unfamiliar, assuming it is escarpment, which I think it is, uh, Old World Saison blend. Um, it, it kicks off some real nice esters, especially, um, I don't know what, obviously the label doesn't get into this level of geekery, but if the, um, the, the, the main part of the fermentation, the early fermentation, uh, was done at a warmer temperature, um, you can get a lot of that. You can you can kick off a lot. Now you have to be careful. The old world, um, especially because of the bread, it's not super heat tolerant the way some other saison yeasts necessarily are. Um, some of those in my old beloved from the homebrewing days was a 3711 French saison. Um, you can ferment that into the 30s. It's like quike yeast almost. It's so aggressive. Um, this one it wouldn't be that high, but like if they were fermenting this in sort of the upper mid twenties, um, 26, 27, um, that would explain, I mean, you can actually start pushing phenols, which hasn't happened here. It's not phenolic. Um, but you'll get a ton of yeast esters out of it. And, uh, all of that spice cupboard kind of characteristic that, um, that's, that, that seems to be entirely from the yeast. Again, wheat, um, offers, um, well, a weedy quality and, and definitely some weight to it. Um, but what's interesting, of course, as noted, it's quite dry. It's not carrying a lot of that protein weight at the end. Um, it's just, I think, adding a bit of haze and, and a bit of depth to the, the malt character. And they did note it's malted barley, or uh, malted wheat, I should say. It's obviously malted barley. Uh, it's also malted wheat. You can use unmalted wheat. It's different strokes. They do different things. Um, this one's malted. So, um, a very interesting beer and, and like so good. I, I mean, it's one of those things like, I don't know, is one better than the other? Do I prefer, I would take this over the standard sunlight park. Sunlight park's great. Um, very refreshing, very citrusy. Um, but this is more refined. Um, I almost kind of wish I'd poured this in a wine glass. It's quite good. Mm, 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 mm. Now I got to think about food, of course. Um, it's an interesting question because it is, it's, um, it's quite dry with this perfumey quality at the end. This is a real cheese beer. Um, it's work really well on a lot of different things. Uh, you don't want to watch how funky you let a cheese get because the funk in the cheese could run away with, uh, the, the pairing, um, could kind of lose the beer because the beer doesn't have a ton of funk. I mean, it has some, but again, relative to what some of these beers can do, it's a little bit more delicate, but, you know, maybe not a super gross, um, unpasteurized brie could be really interesting because the brie would be very dense, obviously, and fatty. This beer is quite, uh, dry with, um, some, some bitterness, but, um, this very dry, lightly perfumey citrusy finish. 
um, that would juxtapose really nicely. Alternatively, you could go with like a, like a goat's cheese that has a very perfumey quality to it. And, and while they're not the same, um, it's similar tastings. So they would kind of work well together. Um, and then as well, like any sort of medium weight, interesting cheese would probably work well here because again, very dry, um, slightly bitter. It's, it's going to cut through nicely, bit of spice to it. Um, that's quite good. This is a, this is a, this is a, a beer for cheese. Uh, if you wanted something that wasn't cheese, um, I don't know why, uh, maybe you're being a vegan right now. I start my vegan days tomorrow, three days a week. Um, if I were on a vegan day and I wanted to drink this beer and eat something, um, I mean, I would just drink it. <laughs> It'd be really interesting to pair it with some fruits, especially maybe some dried fruit. That could be interesting. Maybe some dried fruits. Maybe not nuts. I mean, nuts would be fine, but they wouldn't be doing any favors to anybody. I feel like I want to eat some dried apricots with this. I have some dried apricots in the kitchen right now, but I'm not going to go get them. I think dried apricots would work really interestingly. You know, dried apricots kind of get um, almost a prickly quality to them. Um... I think that'll work really well with this. So that's what we're going to do. You can eat some dried apricots with it. Alternatively, if you're having the cheese, put some dried apricots on the plate. That'd be all right. Um, you know, those super jammy dried fruits like a fig would be interesting, but we wouldn't be working with it. They, I don't think they'd, they'd play ball so well together. That was a baseball reference. It wasn't supposed to be, but it could be a basketball reference. But for the sake of left field, play ball, left field, baseball. Dried apricots would work really well. Oh, and look, here's my beloved wife. Hello. Um, could try dried apples, too. That'd be nice. And then just, yeah, cheese. Just eat cheese with this. Not everything has to go with dinner. Sometimes beer's just nice on its own. That's what we're dealing with right here. So, yeah, that's what you're going to uh, eat with it. Get some cheese. It's delicious. Uh, you get this right now at the brewery. Um, you can order it. I actually got mine through Uber Eats. I hate Uber, but when it's pissing down rain and a beer order I thought I was getting on Friday, turns out I wasn't getting until Monday. That's today. Uh, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and, um, yeah, give. I can't even remember who I hated Uber. That whole company, basically. Give them a bit of your patron. Um, but it did get me some left field in my hands, so I'm thankful for that. Um it's from the brewery. I don't think you can get it anywhere else. It's certainly not at, at grocery stores, as far as I know. I don't think it's at the LCBO. This is a pretty specialized bottle. Um, big 650, so uh, come ready or come ready to share. Um, I'm going to drink the whole thing and be very happy. It's, it's quite tasty. But uh, it's, not, uh, it's not a little short can of uh, ice cold beer. I'll tell you that for free. Uh, it's a nice, big, thinking bottle. I bet as it warms, it's going to show me some new things. I bet a lot of those uh, yeast esters are really going to start to pop, get a lot more of those spices as it, uh, as it warms up. But I could be wrong. We'll see. You won't know because I'm going to be done in a couple of minutes. I'm going to have one more sip of beer, talk at you about a few things, and then head home. Well, I am home. Shut it down. That's what we should say. Mmm. Man, I like that beer a lot. <laughs> I haven't had a really good saison in a while, too. That's maybe part of the problem. It's talking with a brewer. Oh, I wonder how much I should say about this. Hmm. I was talking with a brewer via text, and she was saying uh, she's a sucker for DuPont. I 
I thought, man, so am I. Can't remember the last time I had Saison DuPont, but that beer is, it's just a beer that just gives and gives and gives. So spicy, so dry, beautiful beer. I didn't drink a lot of Saisons this summer, and of course, Saison is one of those summer beers that people always talk about. You know me, I think a beer is a good beer anytime. I'll drink an Imperial Stout in August, and I'll drink a Saison in February, and be very happy with both of them. Um, but people tend to want to drink Saisons in the summer. Um, and I didn't really drink many, if any, this past summer, uh, mainly due to my general just desire to drink um, Svetli Letzak from Godspeed or the uh, the old style one that I never remember how to say it. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I haven't had a Saison in a while and I'm really enjoying this one. Oh yeah, and I was going to talk to you about some stuff, so what are we going to talk to you about? Uh, as noted, because beer, it did in fact happen this past weekend. I saw the photos. It looked great. I hope you checked it out. I couldn't. I had other things on my plate, but uh, it looked like a good time. A lot of people drinking beer looking real happy, and that's great. Uh, also, bars in Toronto now, no capacity, so please be safe, uh, be respectful, wear your mask, bring your manners. Uh, Hastings Snack Bar always says that, uh, bring your manners and your mask. I think that's a good policy, uh, but get out there. Man, these places are dying for business, so go spend as much money as you can reasonably afford uh, whatever that is. Um, and if it's nothing, Hey, just follow them on Instagram and help them out there. But, uh, but get out there because Holy moly, we've been missing it myself. I'm going to go down, uh, this Saturday to the Dakota Tavern at 9 30 PM to check out field guide music. Have you heard of field guide music? If you haven't, you should, uh, a fellow named Dylan, uh, the romantic partner of a friend of mine, and uh, he's from Manitoba. I think somewhere in Manitoba. Anyway, uh, he's playing in Toronto next weekend, so we're going to go check that out, me and the missus. Uh, going to be a nice evening. We're going to have dinner. It's our anniversary coming up, so making a bit of a night of it. And uh, But then going to be very happily seated in the Dakota Tavern with, you know, a capacity crowd, I'm sure, listening to... Uh, really fun, nice music, doing some dancing, maybe. I don't know if Dylan's music's dancey. We'll see. Maybe slow dancing, grab a little ass, something like that. But uh, that's what we're going to do. Oh, Erica's still watching. That's good. She's a lucky lady. Uh, so get out there and enjoy that. Also, you want to check something out cool? I'm going to tell you about it after I have another sip of beer. You in the West End at all? I'm not. I'm very firmly planted in the East End, but if I were in the West End, I would tell you, and I still might just go just because it's probably worth the drive. Uh, if you're in uh, Ronce, uh, Roncesvalles, you got to check out Bossa Nova. Have you seen this place? This is a dedicated wine and beer bottle shop. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how this works because we're not still supposed to be able to have private bottle shops, but I think what they've done is they've effectively done because bars were allowed to sell off-license beer. So I'm not sure. And I don't want to blow their cover here or anything. I think they're technically a bar that doesn't 
do bar business. All they do is take out business. Uh, but anyway, check out Bossa Nova. Amazing uh, selection of like, like you're not going to walk in and get a deal on a 12 pack of Sleeman. That's not this is not that kind of beer shop. Um, but you know what? You know, I said you can't get Sunlight Park fooder version anywhere other than the brewery. It wouldn't surprise me if they had cases of this stuff and you could buy it there. That's the kind of beer that they're serving. Um, you know, interesting um, I'm, I'm dancing around the word curated because that just sounds so douchey, but, uh, a really thoughtful, interesting selection of beers and wines, um, from, from, uh, nearby and from far away is my understanding. Again, I haven't been in, um, but they soft open midweek last week. They had their big official opening on Saturday and and now they're open. Um, don't know their hours off the top of my head, but they're not hard to find. Look them up on Instagram. Bossa Nova, B-O-S-S-A-N-O-V-A. Um, yeah, it's it's probably worth the um, the bike ride, the streetcar commute, whatever it takes to get you over there. Go check out Bossa Nova. Uh, you will not be sorry. Take your wallet. That, that would be my only advice. Looks like a great place. Uh, really stoked for those guys. And just... Loving the idea that some bright sparks went, hang on a second. A bunch of bars effectively became bottle shops over the pandemic when they weren't allowed to be welcoming customers in for sit down uh, drinking. Well, why don't we just do that, but just make a bottle shop? I love that. Uh, also, based on the concept that the toothpaste is out of the tube, I don't think they can undo that now. Uh, I mean, by they, I mean the government. So I think Bossa Nova's good to go. And I think that means we hopefully will see more of those very specialty bottle shops. We might also see some places that do volume beer. Um, do you want six two fours of Canadian? We'll give you a deal. Um, I'm not going to say don't shop at those places, but I will say seek out those places that are run by people who really care about what they're selling, are interested and uh, knowledgeable about the products they sell and uh, who want to make your experience and, and what you take home the best possible for you. And that's exactly what Bossa Nova is. So check them out. Uh, Bossa Nova gets a solid endorsement from the Toronto Beer Podcast. Big fan of you guys, even though I haven't been yet. I've been following you on Instagram, watching those photos, and uh, I confess, I look forward to getting out to uh, Ronsi. I mean, hopefully not too long from now, but gosh, that's a long way away. It's on the other side of the dawn. Like, that involves a bridge, so... For this East Ender, that's a that's a big ask, uh, especially an East Ender who tends to like to stay home and just get delivery. So, <laughs> well, now here's an interesting question: Are they on Uber Eats? <laughs> Gonna have to do some homework on that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Check out Bossa Nova, and congratulations, guys! Uh, very stoked that you're open. Uh, other than that, Sunlight Park fooder version from left field pick it up at the brewery go by it's open take your dog they love a good dog up at left field ginger's been in a couple of times she always gets treats and everyone loves her because everyone loves ginger um, and they'll love your dog too so head on up there uh, obviously support them as much as you can 
and support everybody. Oh, and one last quick shout out. Um, those of you who are like me, big fans of Godspeed, um, maybe already even know, um, but it's worth mentioning that uh, Yamanakasan Raiusuke has now indeed finished his tenure at Godspeed. He put them on the front foot when it comes to food. Uh, their menu is incredible. Their food is insanely good. Um, and uh, they're in good hands. Uh, I met the new head chef, Brian. Seems like a fantastic fella. Uh, Ryusuke, uh, I don't think you listen to this, but you are definitely a friend of the pod. And uh, I think it's fair to say that the beer scene in Toronto is better for having you involved in it. So wherever you land next is going to be very fortunate. And uh, it's fair to say that organizationally, the Toronto Beer Podcast is a big fan of yours and buddy. I'm very, very, very honored to call you a friend. So... Thanks for all your time there. Let's get a beer sometime soon. And uh, for all you listening at home, yeah, let's get a beer together uh, maybe in seven days. Next Monday. I might have a guest. We'll have to see. Bye.